Disclaimer, this podcast and associated content do not provide medical advice. We are not medical professionals and information provided is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of a registered healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment. These episodes and related content affiliated with the Tales of Osteopathy Students podcast are not intended as a resource, guideline or reference for clinical practice or decision making. This content is intended as an additional learning tool to support other healthcare students who should also be using a variety of up-to-date guidelines and research in conjunction with the teaching provided by their educational institutes. of osteopathy students with me chelsea and my good friend oh i had a drum roll entrance that's great thanks and an out of time drum roll but a drum roll nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> i loved it hi how are you i'm not bad i'm doing all right i'm a little bit snotty actually snot bag my favorite snot bag <laughs> I, fe- I was feeling all smug that I was like, huh, I've managed to avoid all the illnesses that have come my way. No. no. Don't be silly. Now's the time. Now's the time. I've already been there, done that. Had the cold three weeks ago. I'm mm. feeling really smug now because everyone else is getting it. And I'm like, wait, you're three weeks behind me. <laughs> In your face, my immune system is tanked. <laughs> yeah. I really shouldn't be... Uh provoking the um the bad juju uh karma <laughs> my way because my immune system is shit and i'm bound to be uh sick sometime soon oh danger danger right let's get down to business because business. um business this episode we are carrying on our pathology episodes mm-hmm. as of several episodes earlier by this time by the time it gets round to your ear holes. Um, we did atherosclerosis, starting sort of with cardiovascular issues. Today, I will be moving on to peripheral arterial disease. So, my little Chels and the <laughs> listeners, peripheral arterial disease. Let's have a chitty chat about this. I will give you a little summary first. And feel free to take notes, but we will also eventually end up providing notes uh, for this audio on our website when we build it. Mm. (laughs) When we build it? They'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. We just need the time. But so peripheral arterial disease, often shortened to PAD, is atherosclerosis of the extremities, normally the lower extremities. Um, and it it causes ischemia. And ischemia is inadequate oxygen supply to the tissues due to decreased blood supply, which is bad, not good. Um, mild PAD may be 
asymptomatic or cause intermittent claudication. And claudication is the pain caused by too little blood flow to muscles during exercise or just general moving about. Um, And we will talk about why this happens in a little bit. And severe PAD may cause pain at rest with things like skin atrophy, hair loss, cyanosis, ischemic ulcers and gangrene. So you can see that the level of severity of this can be very, very bad. Um, And sort of, yes, muy bad. Um, So how they normally diagnose um, peripheral arterial disease is by a history of the issues and of the person's health Um, physical examination and measurement of the ankle brachial index Um, and treatment of mild pad includes risk factor modification, exercise, antiplatelet drugs and other medications as needed for the symptoms. Um, Severe pad can be very, very dangerous and this can require either angioplasty or surgical bypass and at some times it can require amputation. So, pay attention and I will go through what this all means for looking into this in a clinical setting. Definition. So we'll do a medical one and a patient one because we know as osteopathic students that you should be able to give your patients layman term um, language to explain what you think might possibly be going on um, with them, what you might need to be referring them for, or just in general an easier to digest language. So the medical definition of peripheral arterial disease, also called peripheral vascular disease, is commonly caused by atherosclerosis and usually affects the aorta, iliac or infrainguinal arteries. And this causes partially occluded blood flow, primarily in the lower extremity. The patient definition is peripheral arterial disease aka PAD, is a common circulatory problem in which narrowed arteries reduce blood flow to limbs. Legs don't receive enough blood flow to keep up with the demand, and this may cause symptoms such as leg pain when walking, which is called claudication, and peripheral artery disease is also likely to be a sign of a build-up of fatty deposits in your arteries, which we know already is called atherosclerosis. Bad times bad times. So let's just um, give you two further pathways of what can happen with um, peripheral arterial disease, where you can have critical limb ischemia. So like we said, um, with the definition of, of ischemia earlier. So this is normally at the end stage of PAD, where there is an inadequate supply of blood to a limb to allow it to function normally at rest. And the features are pain at rest non-healing ulcers and gangrene and there's a significant risk of losing the limb and then acute limb ischemia refers to when it's a rapid onset of ischemia in the limb and this normally happens due to a thrombus which is a clot um, and this blocks the arterial supply um, of a distal limb similar to a thrombus blocking a coronary artery in a myocardial infarction. Doesn't it sound uh, delicious? Yes, it does not sound Mm. good. Let's move on to the clinical signs and symptoms. So remember, we're asking the cardinal questions for each body system. So 
when I'm talking about um, these clinical signs and symptoms, I'm more thinking of it in terms of if you're an osteopathic student, these are the things that you need to be looking out for and what we need to be paying more attention to and doing our own research into what we need to be looking for and asking questions for and delving deeper into case histories when we're doing those. So peripheral arterial disease normally gets classified in four stages. Stage one is asymptomatic. Stage two is intermittent claudication. Stage three is when they have pain at rest or pain at night or both. And stage four is necrosis and gangrene. Now, this is not pleasant. And I have treated when I was a student nurse um, individuals with necrotic tissues normally in their toes or on their feet and gangrene. It's so unpleasant. It's so unpleasant. Mm. Um, So this is a really important um, issue that we need to be addressing. Yeah, if you want to really drill home how unpleasant that is, maybe you just, listener, just type in Google necrotic toes. Yeah. 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 Have a little look. Sometimes you do need to look at the pictures to Mm. scare yourself enough just to be on the ball. Make sure you know these things because... You can't Google, unfortunately, the smell. But let me tell you, it's, <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's bad. And I think, oh, what was that film where they covered the Argentinian rugby team that um, had the plane crash in oh. the mountain range? I don't know. And they ended up having to eat some of the people. People what? will the listeners will know what I'm talking about. I'm but you it. see some of the pictures and stuff like that from the aftermath of that and you're like, oh Jesus, this is the sort of stuff I'm talking about. Anyways, so things to pick up with patients. Are you looking that up now? Yes. It only reminded me of that because I worked with a really interesting doctor in like my first ever placement as a student nurse. And um we had um a patient who um, was going to need amputation, sadly. Um, And the doctor who was like helping, or I was helping him with this by just doing like the basic little student nursing jobs, um, specialised in amputations because he ended up losing toes after doing um, like the Mount Everest climb. Mm. And uh, he lost some toes to it. He was like, this is what it normally looks like. This is what it feels like. It was very interesting. I loved it. I bet you did. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) clinical signs and symptoms, these are the sorts of things that you need to be picking up with patients, exploring more, asking them more questions, focus. So exertional discomfort, most commonly in the calf, which is relieved by rest pain that people experience and they can be in all of these areas and specifically just in some so there's hip buttock thigh and with men or people with penises um erectile dysfunction you can also see like cold dry skin are some of the signs that you can pick up on as well or ask your patient if they've noticed these things like hair loss diminished or absent pulses so if you're doing a general um, health checkup with your um, patients which I know Chelsea and I have spoken about quite a few times that we think Mm. that this needs to be done more of a standard treatment for all patients when they're coming into you Um, but 
checking pulses and seeing how those are. That's one of the key um, signs. Um, slow, brittle toenail growth or fingernail growth. Unremitting pain at night relieved by dangling their foot out of the bed or standing on a cold floor. So say if you had somebody who's coming into you about pain in like their thigh or their calf or something like that. And one of the key questions you need to be asking is if they're having pain at night, isn't it? I think any osteopathic mm. student's like, yes, we know this. Mm. I'm just hammering that home. Pain at um, night should be like, then, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Perfect audible of <laughs> <AM> ambulance <laughs> right there, Joe. And then in later stages of the disease as well, you need to be do looking for ulcerations too. Normally, that's going to first. I think normally what I've seen is it presenting on feet, um, which is why mm. it's so important that you need to be asking patients to even if you're looking, say at like their gluteal muscles, like if they've come in for pain, like in their buttock or in their lower mm. back or in their thigh, get them to take their socks off. Please, Please. get every Please. patient to take their socks off. It's so yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Please look at the integrity of the skin of the sole of the feet and in between the toes, because those are the areas that often people neglect to take care of, either because they just don't usually do it because they're not able to. And it's like the first places that you can start seeing um, some real issues with these sorts of conditions. Mm. You also need to be checking for muscle wasting poor wound healing so that's not just in the lower extremities if they've got like any wounds or cuts or anything like that on the rest of their body that they've noticed aren't wound like healing properly that needs to be noted gangrene you're going to notice that and if you have a normal sense of smell you're going to be able to smell it skin pallor and cyanosis is what i wanted to talk about these are some really key issues clearly an issue especially in this country with like just disregarding what someone's normal skin color is for them and noticing the differences in people with darker skin tone is really important because mm. it's not properly taught in medical school in textbooks always leave it out so let's talk about that so cyanosis this is the bluish skin color due to decreased amounts of oxygen and something that's really uh, like a key diagnostic figure in peripheral arterial disease is something called dependent rubor, or instead of rubor, sometimes it's called erythema. So rubor or erythema means red and dependent, we will speak about now. So this is really important because this will look different on all skin tones. Um, I did a little bit more research into this and the Mind the Gap um, Handbook of Clinical Signs and Symptoms in Black and Brown Skin by Maloney McWende is really so good. And any healthcare professional or anybody who works with people's bodies in a manual therapy way needs to be looking at this book um, because this highlights lots of different important issues but specifically for this condition it highlights that erythema can be looked for in conjunction in darker skin tones um, you need to be looking for more burgundy undertones um, in the skin and the 
possible swelling which pulls the skin tight and gives a smooth shiny appearance instead of when it's someone with quite pale um white skin it's going to be um more obviously really red shiny swollen and it looks more obvious so those are the sort of key differences um so that's the mind the gap handbook by maloney mcquende and you can download the ebook for free from their website so please do that so dependent rubble is so with people with um light skin it's described as like a fiery to dusky red coloration visible when the leg is in a dependent position so what this means is it's hanging off the plinth or off a bed that's the what the dependent position means mm-hmm. um so essentially when it's not elevated above the heart and how they test for dependent rubor is by the burgers test which i'm not sure whether we will learn or not but I'm sure it's something that we can ask like a tutor like Danny Church um, mm. about. Um, and this um, test is where you position the patient in a supine position and elevate the leg for 60 degrees for one minute. And then you examine the colour of the plantar aspect of the foot. So peripheral arterial disease causes the sole of the foot to change from in um, white skin from a pink to pale um, colour and in darker skin from a grey to ashen sort of colour. faster the pallor colour appears, the worse and more advanced the peripheral arterial disease. So that's why it's really important to do. Um, a pallor within 25 seconds of sort of leg elevation indicates a more severe occlusive disease, which warrants in osteopathic setting like obviously you would be immediately referring if you had these issues mm-hmm. but would be good to have supporting evidence just to notify the GP or the hospital that you were sending this patient to um you also need to this is from a nursing standards guide on this um how to do this um and you need to next be observing for skin color changes with the patient in sitting position of the foot and the sole of the foot and the rest of the leg so normally the foot and leg should remain pink after elevation um in like the dependent position but in peripheral arterial disease the color changes from pale to pink and then progresses to a purple red or bright red and in darker skin it will go from a slightly ashy tone to slightly grayer and it is more difficult to notify if you're not practiced with patients who are of darker skin tone mm. so the longer the dependent rubber takes to reappear the worse the pad is as we said before um, and in a gp setting or in hospital they will be doing an ankle brachial index to confirm if it was peripheral arterial disease cool lovely um so just what we learnt with Danny in class is the critical limb ischemia causes the burning pain and the pain which is worse at nine um, when the leg is raised as gravity no longer helps pull the blood to the foot and we can remember this by using the six P's um, and I feel like there's always some sort of acronym isn't there so there's Mm. pain, pallor, pulseless, paralysis, paresthesia and perishing cold and those were the sort of like identifying issues that we can follow for this condition. 
risk factors for peripheral arterial disease. The non-modifiable um, risk factors are older age, family history and being male. The modifiable risk factors are smoking, alcohol, poor diet, sedentary lifestyle, obesity, poor sleep and stress, which is an interesting one. Um, and the medical comorbidities that increase the risk of atherosclerosis and therefore of peripheral arterial disease are diabetes, hypercholesterolemia, hypertension, chronic kidney disease, inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and atypical antipsychotic medications, so things like olanzapine or clozapine, which we use in the UK. In the osteopathic setting, in examination, if there was a case of peripheral arterial disease, you might be able to see re reduced skin temperature, reduced sensation, prolonged capillary refill time. And if you had done the um, Burgers test, you would um, see the changes in that as well. And you mm. should be checking for leg and feet ulcers, as we said, muscle atrophy, skin changes with what we said about being um, thin texture skin, shiny discoloration, rubber, elevation pallor and tissue loss on the heel or between the toes or hair loss, uh, in addition to the um, pulses, femoral, popliteal and foot. Um, so those are the sorts of things that would be involved in um, assessing for peripheral arterial disease um, and some of the information that you might need just to learn a little bit more about that to support your learning both in university and in your own research. Yes. Cheers. Hope that was useful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at double T double O S podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to get in contact or follow us on social media, it's double T double O S podcast yes thanks everyone and we'll see you thanks. next time